The new year is here, which means it's time to start new habits and make those yearly resolutions. Mine this year was to get healthier and improve my quality of life, which is why I want to talk to you guys about Noom. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all and don't take into account each person's individual needs which in turn doesn't really set you up for success. Those workout plans you pull from the internet don't think about your individual dietary restrictions, medical issues, or other personal needs. Noom does all of that before building a tailor-made plan that works for you and your lifestyle. It doesn't try to restrict what you eat and never shames you for wanting to treat yourself. And unlike before, I feel the motivation I need to succeed and none of the frustration that came with other plans. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy wherever books are sold. Today's podcast is brought to you by Newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers nearly a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the we have a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. One small mistake can have deadly consequences. On May 31st, 1951, a man was born who would go on to take the lives of a number of sex workers. And had the medical examiner not made the mistakes he did, He may have been captured before two more women lost their lives. So if you like your coffee hot, put your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Anthony John Hardy was born on May 31st, 1951 in Staffordshire, England, and according to most reports, had a fairly uneventful childhood. He excelled in school, both primary and college, and earned his engineering degree from Imperial College London and moved on to become a manager of a large company. He also had a wife and four children. It wasn't until 1982 that his perfect life seemed to come crashing down around him. Earlier that year, those near Anthony said he began displaying symptoms of mental illness. This kind of came to a head when, that same year, he was arrested in Tasmania for trying to drown his wife. She dropped the charges, and by 1986, the pair were divorced, citing domestic violence as the catalyst. He stalked his wife just after the divorce, and after filing a restraining order on him, Anthony began spending time in and out of mental hospitals. He was eventually diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Over the years, he spent time moving all around, going from hostel to hostel in London, all while getting picked up here and there for charges like theft 
and drunk and disorderly. He was arrested in 1998 when a sex worker accused him of raping her, but not surprisingly, the charges were dropped. On top of his mental illness, Anthony was diagnosed with diabetes and became an alcoholic. So by 2002, he was a time bomb ready to blow. That's when, that January, police were called to the block of flats in the Camden area. A neighbor of Anthony's claimed that he had poured battery acid into her mailbox and vandalized her door. When they went to investigate at Anthony's apartment, they found that the door to one of his bedrooms was locked. He claimed that he did not have a key, so police had to break it down. Inside of the room, they found the naked body of 38-year-old Sally White. Sally, a sex worker in London, had bruises on her head and cuts on her body. Despite what seemed like a suspicious death, the pathologist, Freddie Patel, claimed that Sally must have died from a heart attack, not foul play. It should be noted that Freddie Patel was later suspended after his findings were placed under scrutiny, and in 2002, he was erased from the medical register, meaning he can no longer practice medicine in the UK. So, given Dr. Patel's findings, Anthony Hardy was able to plead guilty to a charge of criminal damage. He claimed, because of his drinking problem, he had no clue how this woman got into his home. He was transferred to a psychiatric hospital and remained there until the following November. On December 30th, 2002, a homeless man was looking for food in a garbage bin when he came upon something a little more than he bargained for. Inside were some of the dismembered remains of not just one woman, but two. He took the pieces he could find to a nearby hospital and the police were called. When they arrived at the scene, they found approximately eight more bags containing various other body parts. Cause of death was difficult to establish because the heads and hands of these two women were still missing. But they were able to determine that these women died over the Christmas holiday, and DNA testing began in an effort to identify the victims. In the meantime, police began following a trail of blood that led from the garbage bins to an apartment nearby. Inside of this apartment was a great deal of incriminating evidence, but no occupant. A number of reports gave differing information on what was found in the apartment, but some suggest it was a hacksaw with human skin still attached to the blade, pornographic magazines, a woman's stiletto, an electric jigsaw, and the worst piece of evidence found, the torso of a female. This apartment, as police would soon find out, belonged to Anthony Hardy, a man who they were now calling the Camden Ripper. As he became their person of interest, the victims were finally identified as 34-year-old Bridget McLannan and 29-year-old Elizabeth Vallad. Now the police knew who the killer was and who the victims were, they began a massive search for Anthony Hardy, who had seemingly up and vanished. However, it was Anthony's diabetes that would be his downfall after a CCTV caught him about a week later filling the prescription for his insulin at a London hospital. He had shaved his beard and did look much different, but there was no mistake that this was their guy. On January 2nd, police got a call when Anthony was spotted at Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children in central London and found Anthony hidden behind the garbage bins. A fight ensued and one officer was knocked unconscious while another was stabbed through the hand and had his eye dislocated from its socket. Both men were fine and Anthony Hardy was under arrest. While being questioned, Anthony simply answered no comment to every question. He was eventually charged with the murder of both Bridget and Elizabeth, as well as, after a look back into her case, 
that of Sally White. In November of 2003, Anthony changed his initial plea of not guilty to guilty and was sentenced to life imprisonment. Anthony Hardy, who will remain in prison for the rest of his life, is also the main suspect in two cases where the dismembered bodies of sex workers were found dumped in the River Thames, as well as five to six other murders that showed similarities to his crimes. However, there is not enough evidence to convict him of any of these charges. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.